So now I want to discuss uh, uh, one of the things I, in my work is, uh, uh, you know, cross faiths. Uh, what's the interaction between one tradition and another tradition? Mm -hmm. So one of the books I've been working on for a very long time is the influences of the Ayurvedic system upon Christianity. Mm -hmm. uh, and in that, there are uh, this book, uh, which is not finished yet, I have different chapters on major Christian figures and huge influence on them. Uh, now, one of the most important persons in this was a man called Teilhard de Chardin about a hundred years ago in the early 20th century, a, a Catholic scholar of very high uh, impact in the Catholic world. He traveled to China, then he, from there he went to India and he got the three uh, interpretations, uh, Shankara, uh, Ramanuja and uh, Madhava of Vedanta. He studied them and he uh, wrote notes in the margin and he in the uh, he liked the Ramanuja interpretation mm -hmm. and he felt that that is the one that can be used to reinterpret Christianity. Right. So where it was uh, Saguna Brahman in the margin in his own French uh, uh, annotation he says this should be considered body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's mapping it to the vocabulary right. uh, the, the body of Christ. But in the church, uh, when Jesus dies, uh, his body is church. The church as an institutional mechanism, okay. a corporate entity is the body of Christ. In other words, you can only go through the church the, to claim exclusivity of the Catholic church. They said this church is his body after he's gone, it is his body. So we've created an NGO or we've created a big <laughs> uh, multinational, we should say, and that is his body. Uh, so he got the idea from Ramanuja that uh, uh, the body of Christ, Sagun Brahman, this could be considered, the cosmos could be considered the body of Christ, it's a new idea for Christianity. So then he started talking about collective evolution, collective evolution also, that what, what the whole, uh, reinterpreting Christianity to uh, claim that there is this idea of collective evolution. So a lot of uh, people started comparing his work with Sri Aurobindo in terms of collective evolution. And uh, they could not find that he had ever directly read Sri Aurobindo, although Sri Aurobindo was there in India. And this guy was, he traveled to India earlier and then settled in, you know, in Europe. So he uh, did not, you can't prove that he had ever read. But you, it is known that he had read Ramanuja and uh, respected a lot. Mm -hmm. My feeling is that a lot of these ideas might have been Ramanuja through Jiva Goswami for the development uh, that he has discovered. Uh, because a few decades before him, there was a follower of Jiva Goswami at Harvard. Mm -hmm. I will send you that information. Right. Uh, that Namrata Brahmachari. Huh. And, and before him, someone else also. Okay. That these guys in Harvard had been studying Jiva Goswami uh, and the Westerners had been very fascinated and had been writing about it. So a lot of the appropriation of these ideas, which they don't want to admit, uh, which they want to show as independent discoveries and independent ideas for Christianity actually came out of here. Mm -hmm. So this is a thought, this is, a, this is an area that I'm, that's one of the reasons I'm interested in all this is to understand the historical impact that uh, Jeev Goswami has had probably more than is acknowledged. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, that's something uh, uh, I, I'm uh, pursuing. Now, I want to understand your views on uh, Christianity, Judeo-Christianity, because we have many people 
from the Vedanta view who reinterpret Jesus's words to make them Vedanta compliant mm -hmm. uh, because it makes it uh, very nice and everybody can feel that okay, we're all we all got the tradition that has this in it and then we can say maybe the church got it wrong. Uh, church of course doesn't accept these interpretations because they'll be out of business because then you don't need the institution. Right. Uh, the church is not anything special. You can do it yourself. You can do your yoga. You don't even need them. So the orthodoxy of the priesthood and institution don't like this kind of stuff. Uh, and I feel that uh, uh, there are, to me, there are serious issues uh, with the Nicene Creed. The Nicene Creed being the required creed that everybody in church is subscribing to, required to subscribe to, regardless of the lineage in Christianity, according to which the, the major events that uh, there is the Adam and Eve and, uh, uh, you know, the original sin, no sin and everybody's a sinner right. by birth. Right. And then, uh, then uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the only person in history who was not born sinner was Jesus because he was not progeny. He had, he had a virgin birth. So therefore, the virginity is very important to Mary for the whole philosophy to stay together, to stay intact. Because if she was not, uh, if she was really the natural mother and it was not a virgin birth, then he too was sex born. And if he was mm -hmm. born like he's a progeny and therefore he's also born sinner, then how could he save us if he's got a problem? He's himself born with a birth defect. So sin is a birth defect. Everybody has and uh, except Jesus. So Jesus then becomes the savior and the only savior ever. The only savior, no one before, no one after, because that virgin birth happened only once. So uh, while a lot of people, lot of Jews and Christians went into ISKCON, uh, a huge amount of ISKCON movement was, you know, fueled by the enthusiasm of Judeo-Christian people. Right. Many of them then rejected it and did the U-turn back into Judaism or back into Christianity, saying that we can take all this stuff and reconcile it within our own tradition but at this but that but the contradiction is that they're not willing to give up the exclusivity that exclusivity of jesus that historicity what happened in jerusalem this year this particular thing virgin birth all that the reason being that that is necessary for the power of the institution that is necessary for the power of the church to survive so they have this uh, this awkwardness that they have enjoyed the huge krishna bhakti the kirtan movement uh, they want that, they have had these experiences they want, but at the same time in terms of their identity and institutional integrity of their system, they want to put all of that into that institution, in, into the Christianity. So what is your thought on that? Well, my thought is that it is not possible to reconcile this. Good, because I I agree with that. It's a very courageous thing to say, yeah. but as the honest thing to yeah, say. Because it's very, there are fundamental differences. Yes. The basic fact that what is Atma? Yes. This itself is not clear in Christianity. Right. Our concept of Atma is completely different than their so, concept, right? Yes. We have the law of karma. Right. So law of karma, how can you apply that one person commits sin and then the whole humanity becomes... And sin? also Atman, even uh, animal has. Right. And uh, Atman is in the trees. And then animal can become a human being and yes. human being can also become an animal. Correct. And none so, of that is allowed there. Yeah. So, so they have these issues. So we cannot reconcile this. And the other Unless thing... Unless you change all these basic concepts in Christianity. Which, then, which case then there is no Christianity. There is no Christianity. So the whole thing that you are a sinner you don't have another chance there is no reincarnation in this life you have to either solve the problem 
which my church can solve or else you're going to hell forever which is also eternal yeah. So that thing is eternal, which means that if you you got a you got a real problem yeah. because you have time times sandwiched, very tight amount of time left for you. Yeah, I think it's just scaring us. It like, is a fear-based thing. Yeah, it scares you to become. So depressed. so I'm very happy because you know I tell you there's two kinds of uh, spiritual masters uh, from our Vedic tradition that I interview, and I'm really interested in doing that as much as I can. Those like you are fewer, and I like that. They, who are very clear that says this is my tradition now they can agree with me or disagree with me but I'm not going to compromise my tradition to accommodate them. Right. Then there's the other kind who says oh no no let's not say it to them privately we say this but what we tell them is what will make them happy then we all collect. That is politics and then you are really sacrificing the purity, the integrity of your own conviction. No, we cannot, we cannot change our basic concept. Yes. Okay we can adjust how people can practice it. Correct. That is different. Correct. It could be practiced little differently here than Correct. in India. I Correct. Mean, I agree to that. Correct. But the basic concept you cannot change. Yeah. See, and the and the other danger is when certain people like this Oxford Center for Hindu Studies. I used mm -hmm. to know them. It was a Vaishnav centers. Uh, uh, Shona Rishi started it and all that. Yeah. Then he's moved into this whole U-turn. This whole uh, you know that. Uh, you see, if you don't have a foundation then you are going to be influenced. You have your already your samskaras inside. Yeah. Christianity samskaras. Yes. And if you have not removed that right. and implanted the samskaras coming from Very you, important point you made. Then these samskaras are bound to fructify one day you know, and overtake all this. Absolutely. What you said is absolutely brilliant. That is exactly the way I see it. That, that a guru is not helping the western student unless you make them conscious that there are certain incompatible sanskaras you must work on. Yeah, they have to be. Uh, just like you tell a person that, okay, you have certain, uh, there are yam, niyam, uh, things that, uh, you know, you have to take care of some do's and don'ts that part of your process. So in the spirit of the yam, niyam uh, my, my, uh, approach, you also have to take care of the sanskaras that are blocking, that are uh, exclusivist, uh, that are giving uh, you know some institution a lot of authority so you have to uproot that you have to uproot that so I, my feeling is uh, gurus should become more courageous in taking this on right because you know you'll have fewer students you will not be the most popular with millions and millions of people coming in but those fewer students will be long term and they'll be more solidly See, recently somebody sent me a cartoon very nicely <laughs> nice cartoon there are two chairs and two guys are sitting so one guy, he has a big queue of people coming to him and the other guy is sitting alone by himself and in front of this guy is written telling comforting lies. <laughs> <laughs> and this fellow is sitting alone and says telling the, speaking the truth. Okay, that's a, that's a good way too. That's a good way. So if you speak the truth, obviously as Krishna says, Kaschin mam veti tatvatai, manusya nam sahasresu, kaschi diyati siddhe, siddhanamupi, Yogi Nam Kashin Mam Vetti Tattva. So to know that Tattva, it is some few people will know because you have to sacrifice for that. Yes. And sacrifice does not mean that I have to sacrifice home or I have to sacrifice my f family or anything. The only thing is you have to sacrifice your samskaras. Now that's another very important point you made. The real, real sansa, uh, real sannyas is from your samskar. Right. Real, real uh, giving up. Uh, that is the, the other way you can hold all that. The real tapasya is this there. external you can do. The real tapasya is the giving up of the sanskars. Yeah. 
that's why going to guru and accepting and this shraddha yes that was the whole purpose of it yes why we honor guru because if you honor him and you respect him then only you can approve your sanskara yes. but if guru is your friend then whatever is pleasing to your he is trying to make you happy and make you comfortable like then, then it's not going to work yeah. so a uh, lot of the uh, western indology study has then led to a manipulation by them so for instance after studying for a long time the bhagavad gita and mahabharat and so on the latest interpretation by the western indologists some of them and krishna and uh, 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 christian ones is that uh, uh, they want to make the date of krishna recent mm-hmm. and they want to say that actually it is christ they could not pronounce properly they said krishna right so after the birth of christ a few centuries later uh this bhagavad gita is created to add love because otherwise this mahabharat was a very violent war with no good ethics in it no morals it was just a lot of violent people but in order to soften it and give it a gloss of being a very nice thing philosophical they picked up a lot of these ideas from westerners and then they created this uh, bhagavad gita and planted it as a later uh in uh, what is it called interpolation bhagavad gita is a recent interpolation <laughs> and so all this is uh uh so you see then this uh distorting the whole tradition our tradition and changing the chronology has become a big industry now and then they are saying that uh, saint thomas in the early years after christ uh, early couple of centuries or so he came to india brought the real thing in the south and their findings where he was and where he died and all that and then he tried to uh, christianize them but they were not very smart they couldn't learn it they, they were confused the indians were not very able to figure it out so what we have hinduism what we call our tradition is actually a distorted dumbed down version of christianity so what, when we are converting you we are giving you back the purity that we you really need to have that's a one scam going on and another scam is to say that uh, jesus came to india and he learned all these th- things from india so what we are if you become christian it is the same thing only it is just another branch only so there is no harm and since we are giving yeah, some you some people are saying that jesus was an avatar yeah yeah he was an avatar and he was a yogi so then everybody feels happy that oh wow you know i'm not really leaving my tradition my heritage i just become a christian and they're going to give me clothes and they're going to give me food i know somebody in our community here uh you know who converted and he had lost his job and he needed some money and the, they they would send a, uh, they would send people to visit him and offer him things help and all that so when he converted uh, i could see a change in his behavior because i am looking for these things but nobody in our community uh, saw it and when i told a few people privately that i think this guy has converted this and this is how can you say that oh he's such a nice man this and that he sings all these raj kapoor songs and he <laughs> he does all this bhangra and i said that nothing to do with what i'm saying you know so in a in a birthday celebration at a restaurant where we were sitting at a long table and he was sitting in front of me i just made sure i'm sitting in front of him and that everybody is listening because i wanted it to come out properly so i looked at him and said so when did you get baptized <laughs> so indirectly and not have you been baptized but in a very friendly way yeah when did you get baptized so everybody hush silence because my god what did he say and this guy came out very quick uh, quite, very naturally he said oh it was this march this date this april date so then i said i have a very normal conversation saying okay very interesting what was the name of the 
priest and where did you do it and how about this and like I am accepting and very having a very casual conversation, want it to be very non-threatening so then he can tell me more, right. you see. So then the whole conversation for the next 45 minutes was about his philosophy, his theology, all of it coming out and these other Indian Hindus sitting there very scandalized that, you know, my God, this man is now, it has come out and he's, uh, Rajiv is even accepting it. But I'm doing it as a, as a role yeah, because I want to educate them. Yeah. And I'm happy, I, I, whatever is done, I, we talk a lot very often and we are friends. I wanted, I wanted people to understand what confused him. And so what came out is the following. He says, uh, when we were young, uh, they said everything is the same, all religions are the same. So why is it a problem? That was his logic. Mm -hmm. So it means we are fooling ourselves by teaching this everything the same. Uh, you see, just like there is a dharma, huh. so so this business rationalized his choice. He says, "I'm living in America. I don't have a job. They're giving me a job. It's good for my life. Uh, we are Americans. Why shouldn't I? Con it makes sense to be Christian. There's no difference." My mom also told me, and when the uh, Swamiji used to come in childhood, he used to in our home in Delhi. He used also to, used to say everything is same. So if everything is same, why it makes more sense to convert. Yeah. I got that out of him to send a message to these people that this is the end result of not knowing who we are. That's, then it means that everybody can go like that. You see, that bothered them. Then, then they started understanding it. So this business of, uh, 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 you know, all dharmas are valid is, uh, has to be understood in the context that if you say all dharmas are valid, that doesn't mean all propositions are dharmic. It's like saying all truths are valid. But they're also false statements. Right. So all truths are valid, but that doesn't include falsities. So I think we have to educate our people that there's a difference between a truth and a truth claim. So somebody, just because somebody makes a statement, it's a truth claim. Yeah, it's only a claim. It's only a claim. Yeah, you have to worry. That's why we have the Pramana Shastra. That is why we have that. That So uh, we are so good at hair splitting distinctions between Advait, Vishishta Advait, Dvait, you know, Achit, Bhed, Abhed, all kind of schools and sub-schools. But when it comes to Christianity, the same people who, uh, some of the Advaitins have this problem actually more. Uh, this, while they would have a very difficult time uh, being same as another Vedic interpretation, they have no problem being mm -hmm. saying we are same as Christianity. That's an inferiority complex. Oh, this is amazing. This is an inferiority complex. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, a very important, uh, uh, you know, institution I don't want to name because it just creates more problems and not required to make my point. Uh, at an event we had uh, somewhere, we were bringing all the Vedic uh, organizations on a stage and having some sammelan. Uh, they refused to be on the stage if the ISKCON people would be on the stage. Mm -hmm. They said we cannot accept them. But a month later in an interfaith dialogue they have no problem being the same as Christians on the stage. So uh, contradictory. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of bhed with, with their own people, with their own people yeah. and total disregard for bhed when it comes to the Abrahamic religions. So this is a serious problem for me. Yeah, this is actually inferiority complex. I guess. So I'm very happy that uh, we have people like you. So final thing I want to say is we are doing a Swadeshi Indology conference number two in uh, February. Most yeah. probably it will be 9, 10, 11 in Delhi. Okay. And uh, we've done one uh, conference in IIT Madras a uh, couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, so this conference is to give a 
authentic in you know interpretation from within the tradition which we calling swadeshi which means from within the our tradition as opposed to western indology so we want to give a response we want to have a purva paksha uttar paksha siddhanta kind of approach so i am uh, very uh, i am requesting that you should come and give a paper and uh, we will uh, uh, send you all the details and uh, work with you uh, then the papers will be published in the, the important ones yours will be one of them will be published in a book uh, and we'll have a professional video of the whole thing so that this can be mass distributed uh, your insights into uh, the, the tradition are very precious and i would like that uh, we pick a few of the important positions of the western indology school that we are dealing with which is the school of sheldon pollock uh, the, his idea on shastra is very strange Uh, his idea on uh, you know the ramayan his idea on uh, sanskrit is dead uh, his idea that sanskrit is oppressive it has been it has had an oppressive uh, history there are so many of these ideas that we can pick uh, the ones that you want to respond to uh, make them available to you in terms of his uh, writings and so on and uh, request your response yeah so i i accept it and i will be I'm, very pleased to yeah. participate yeah so i will uh, be following up uh, with uh, you okay. know later on we get those people involved yeah. and it's it's been an honor to uh, every time this is the first time we've done a recording a video but every time i've uh, had a personal discussion with you i come back so uh, enriched in my understanding and it it helps me in my own work So mm-hmm. I want to thank you for that. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, that right. It helps you. It helps me a lot. Thank you. And so uh, I also want people to know that you should go to jiva.com. jivainstitute.com or jiva.com. jiva.org. jiva.org. Go to jiva.org and uh, you will see uh, all their publications, all their programs, uh, many many activities going on and do participate in that. And this is this uh, discussion uh, is part of my series called uh, uh, discussions with the masters so i'll conclude by saying thank you to one of our great masters thank you rajiv thank you nice